no astronomer has ever looked at the path of some light in the sky mm-hmm. and ever seen anything like this. Like, whoa, this is yeah. leaving. It came from outside and it's going to leave. Yep, it's just going to zip through like a tourist. Probably right out of college. And uh, uh, yeah, space college. Sure. Space, yeah. co- <laughs> exactly, space college. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, sir. How goes? How goes it? Uh, there is uh, construction outside my window, as usual. Oh, that's good. What are they building? We don't know. It's like a... um, you know, nothing is going up. It somehow seems to be an all downward oriented project. They're just always digging holes. Yes, I lived once on uh, uh, Hudson Street in the West Village in New York, and for like I don't know five years. They were doing that, and then I read it was some sort of mob scam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yep, we dig holes and then we fill it in, and we um, dig holes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's right. You could, I could go out there with a jackhammer and start digging a hole, and as long as I was wearing a yellow vest, no one would question me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you might find something. I think yeah, maybe right. it's treasure. Maybe it's treasure. Well, yeah. I should say they do occasionally dig up uh, interesting archaeological things that's around true. here too that's true. washington square park has all sorts of interesting stuff in it yeah maybe that's it maybe they're rogue archaeologists well yeah it's like in um raiders of the lost ark where they uh they realize the nazis are digging in the wrong place so they go and, and dig on their right. own <laughs> under the edge of the site that's right that's right okay well there's a what the if nazis uh, doing construction in washington square <laughs> <laughs> looking for the ark yes. um so, uh, exciting news. Uh, ooh. Uh, there is an object called, I believe, Oumuamua. Is that how it's pronounced? His... I think that's pretty close. It's, um, it's a Hawaiian name, and yeah. it's got a glottal stop at the start. Oh, that's right. It's O so apostrophe. The... Right. Muamua. Yeah, so like, you know, we s- mainlanders say Hawaii, but it's Hawaii. Oh. And that, so that sound in the middle. Is the uh, is called a glottal stop. Um, so the the object has one of those at the start of its name. So it would technically be Oumuamua. Oumuamua. Yeah, it's yeah. um, a great. But I, but that's a great name, by the way. I love that. It is a pretty cool name. Um, Hawaiian names are really fun to say. Yeah, and uh, so it. Uh, tell us, tell us, just tell us the uh, what's what's the deal with Oumuamua. Yeah, I, I should say I can't really. I have to really concentrate to do the glottal stop right. Right. So I'm just going to say Oumuamua. Yes. Um, and and hope the that um, Pele forgives me. Yes. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So this um, last year or so, uh, astronomers detected this uh, unusual object at the edge of our solar system, um, and one of the uh, unusual things about it was that its trajectory and speed suggests that it was a visitor from another solar system. That is, it was not native to ours. Right. So it's a rock. Mm-hmm. Maybe a rock lobster. <laughs> from another solar system. You know, yeah. shape-wise, it could be. Uh, yeah, it was a rock. Now, they, one of the amazing things about this is they only detected it at like the last minute. Right, like uh, all of a sudden it was there. It wasn't like we've known this is coming for years. Oh, right, yeah. So it was, it was a genuine surprise. Yeah, um, generally the the uh, the edge of the solar system is not a place to look for interesting new objects. Um, right, right, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So the very it kind of blew my mind that this was uh, the very first time we've ever seen something from outside the solar system is that it coming through coming through here Mm -hmm. it's never now it's probably happened before we just never have seen it 
Uh, yeah, that's right. So it could be that there are you know, a fair number of these objects, but uh, space is big and you can't watch. As a general rule, you look for where you look for stuff where you think stuff is going to be um, because space is so big that you can't really look everywhere. Right. Um, so the stuff in our solar system is, is generally in one plane. Um, we call it the ecliptic. And, you know, things vary a little bit around the ecliptic. But if generally, if you're looking for solar system objects, you look in the ecliptic or close to it. Right. Um, like the solar system is basically like a pancake in terms of all the orbits yeah, of the planets right. are in the same plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the pancake gets, you know, thicker and thinner. Uh, but if you're looking for blueberries, right, then you look in the pancake. Right. 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 Um, and it might be that every now and then there is a blueberry outside the pancake. But since you're looking at the pancake, you might not notice that. Rogue blueberries. Rogue blueberries. <laughs> so Oumuamua is essentially you happen to glance to the side and you see there's a blueberry rocketing in uh, from the next room. Right. It's not, even in the, it's not even from the kitchen. Right. Right. Exactly. You would not expect this. That would just totally not make sense. Yeah. Right. N not that people haven't dreamed about such things. In fact, I must confess. First, there's two things. One, if you haven't, uh, dear listener, if you haven't seen pictures of Oumuamua, check it out. Now, these are artist conceptions. Uh, right. This is important. Yeah. If you Google Oumuamua, um, you'll get a beautiful painting um, right. that is not at all what is actually seen. Right. And uh, but the the uh, we'll get to the science of it in a second. But the, the shape is believed to be a long. Uh, kind of it's like a shard of obsidian. Like a really Whoa. long, flat, um, dark rock, which I must say looks uh, quite a bit like uh, Battlestar Galactica. Or, uh, or a little bit, or the uh, the Mon Calamari cruisers from Star Wars. Whoa, you just did a deep cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which ones are the Mon Calamari? The, uh, who... That the well, if you think to the, the Battle of Endor in um, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah, they're the, the, the long, bumpy cruisers. The Empires. No, the Rebels. The Rebels. Boy, I'm really... Uh... Yeah, Admiral Akbar's uh, flagship. Okay, I got to go back. I'm a man, you really... I am a Star Wars nerd, but not that deep. Oh, this is... This is uh... I must do remedial reading. I apologize yeah, to all our that. all our listeners um, for my uh, trip to not even the dark side. Just like I'm not at all force sensitive, clearly. So, um, yeah. So Oumuamua looks like uh, you say a, a battle star uh, or a star cruiser or just a loaf of French bread, right? A giant baguette. Yeah, giant baguette. Or or now in, in a more recent uh, Star Wars, it, it looks like Snoke's ship, the gigantic. Uh, vaguely, no, I no, suppose. Sorry, that's wrong. That that would mm -hmm. only be if Snoke's ship was flying sideways. Okay, we're yeah, off the deep end. Oumuamua. And uh, so it's a big old rock. Now, if you've made it this far and you've never listened to our show before, uh, I thank you for staying staying in. We just, we just jump right in. Sometimes we do that. Mm -hmm. uh, quick, quick hello to our new listeners. And, and we may have quite a few, actually. Um, each week we seem to get more uh, ifers, people interested in being ifed, hearing what As happens when, when you if. Yep. And uh, the show is called What the If? And uh, Matt can explain why. Uh, it's called What the If? Because we, we take something, uh, we change something usually. Um, uh, like what if, uh, you know, um, there was no gravity, say. Uh, and then talk it through. We figure out what the what the universe would be like, and then we get a little outraged about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we shouldn't have done that. But <laughs> but we <laughs> but we it couldn't is, resist. It's generally a bad idea to turn off gravity or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We're like mad scientists, but we have some conscience. We're like neurotic mad scientists. As yeah, be, I think that's fair. Befitting New York. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, usually sometimes we tweak. We tweak something in the universe. We change some law of physics or some, some piece of physics and then say, whoa, well, what's going to happen there? Now, other times, um, including this week, uh, it's more like a, a detective story. As you said, yeah. like here's a scenario that doesn't change. The, so, so physics is the same. We're going to go with that mm -hmm. this time. The what the if we change what we only allow one imaginary thing. And the imaginary thing here is, well, what might Umuamua be other than what uh, seems to be the scientific explanation at the moment that it's just, you know, it's a rock or it, it may be a piece of a comet or a comet, uh, a dead comet perhaps. So, uh, but it could be all kinds of things. Now, the detective story thing, by the way, gives me is a proper segue to, uh, I want to look at some of the, um, uh, on Twitter, I asked uh, our fans, our audience, what might this umuamua be, if not a standard uh, scientific explanation of perhaps an asteroid or a comet. And, um, Speaking of detective stories, here's one of my favorite answers that we got, uh, suggestions. Jay Wilkinson, uh, at Jay Wilkinson Art on Twitter. Uh, he says, uh, the comet is, in f what the if, the comet, umuamua, is in fact the cigar from a giant statue of Columbo, TV detective, hmm. built yeah, by right. aliens from Alpha Centauri, who worshipped the great man, Columbo, as a god. Now, I did too as a kid, so I can totally understand that. And that his cigar, Columbo's cigar, went flying off toward us when their planet got destroyed by another race who saw Quincy. Ah. TV's uh, coroner detective as being the one true god. So this is a major shout out to the 70s, 1970s. <laughs> uh, YouTube Columbo and YouTube Quincy, if you don't know what we're talking about, TV shows. If you know, you know. And this mm -hmm. this really resonates with all of us. Uh, my grandfather, by the way, loved both of these shows. And so and so I grew up watching them and I love them. All right, so let's see here. So Columbo was on in the 70s, as you say, right? Yeah. Um, so if it was broadcast on, I'm guessing, CBS? Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember what network it the was. The Columbo Broadcasting System. Um, it, would, it would take about <laughs> four years to get to Alpha Centauri at the speed of light. Mm -hmm. um, so the Centauri are watching uh, Columbo in the mid 80s, let's mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and assuming they convert to Columbo worship immediately and uh, build a statue immediately, then uh, and then they are destroyed by the Quincians. Yes. Around 1990, yes. let's say. Yes. Um, and the cigar begins hurtling through space towards us. So that is uh, 30 years or so it's been hurtling. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, so it has to travel four light years in 30 years. So it's traveling huh. about one-eighth the speed of light. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make it far and away the fastest moving macroscopic object that we know of ah. okay we've never right, we've ne we've never seen like a solid yeah thing moving that fast uh yeah like the fastest thing fastest salt thing we we build is the the deep horizon space probe which is going at something like one ten thousandth the speed of light yeah wow Okay. Right. Now, before we move on, let me just I'm, let me run through some of these other amazing ideas. Uh, I loved that one. Uh, Luis E. Rodriguez uh, actually responded in Spanish. Uh, he is, according to Twitter, he is in Mission, Texas, and he wrote in Spanish. And then I used yep. the Twitter translate to translate it, and it was a little funky. And so I said, I'm not sure this is the right thing. And he, and then he responded. I just thought that was fun. That was a fun interaction. Please, absolutely, contact us in any language. And but he did help me clarify that the Google translation wasn't quite right. But Luis, 
had the wonderful idea that Oumuamua might be a mechanical part of the executor superstar destroyer that was orbiting our solar system. Okay. Star Wars, uh, right? Speaking, speaking of Return of the Jedi, yep. Yeah. And what I loved was I said, uh, was it some sort of drone that, you know, that they sent, like a scout? Mm-hmm. Uh, or was it just something that broke off <laughs> and just happened to fly by? And yeah, he said, yeah, that's it. maybe it's just something that broke off. He liked that idea. So, uh, yeah, it's just, just a piece of garbage, right? piece of garbage mm-hmm. <laughs> from the, the Star Destroyer. And they're like, look, well, we're going to destroy those guys anyway, so don't don't bother. Um, now, let's see. What else do we got here? Tawny. Tawny, T-A-W-N-I, uh, Twitter name, at the Tawniest, uh, says, uh, and this one I liked, maybe it's an alien craft. Which mm-hmm. is certainly where all our minds went immediately. Okay. And if you've ever read Arthur C. Clarke, Rendezvous with Rama, for instance, or other other similar science fiction stories where a space alien space station flies through uh, our solar system. So Tawny says maybe it's a uh, uh, alien space. And and what it did was it used a laser, a lidar, um, the kind of laser, for instance, that you would find on a self driving car, uh, and scanned the solar system, including us, and then continued on his way but basically it's like you've been mapped mm-hmm. i like that idea that to me i don't know why that just seems super creepy <laughs> extraterrestrial what? lidar tony says uh now here then then just to to wrap it up unique toy box plans that's their name hmm uh, at Unique Toy Box um, says uh, had a couple ideas. Now these are more in the scientific zone. So here we're going to finish out the spectrum. We had at the one end the extreme outlier of Columbo Quincy 70s TV uh, heroes being turned into gods which created an interstellar war mm-hmm. um, and, and we have gotten some shrapnel from that. Um to this other end, which is more in scientific, unique toy box plans, says, two, had two ideas. Maybe it's an irregularly fractured piece of a larger comet that had collided with an asteroid in another solar system, causing its normal trajectory to change, bringing it to us. So that idea is sort of like a traffic accident in space. Yeah. Um, definitely possible. We know that happens a lot. Uh, Google or go to Wikipedia and look at late heavy bombardment for that. A lot of traffic accidents in space. And then Unique Toy Box Plans says, my second guess is that it's a fragment of an asteroid or a comet from another solar system that came too close to a planet and the stresses from the gravitational slingshot effect. Unique Toy Box mm-hmm. Plans, by the way, knows a lot. Very good knowledge of, of physics and astronomy. My second guess is it's a fragment of an asteroid or a comet that came from another solar system that came too close to a planet and the stresses from the gravitational slingshot effect broke up the object but gave it the extra velocity to escape its solar system. So it was in a solar system. An asteroid or something came too close to a planet in its own solar system. That Mm -hmm. thing broke up and it got shot out of the solar system. Now, our solar system also has thrown things out, I imagine, from the early days. Uh, Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, now there's another another possibility. It could be something from our own solar system that went out and it's like boomeranged. Well, that's probably, uh, we can probably be sure or be pretty confident that's not the case. Uh-huh. Um, because the, uh, the trajectory that, well, we should be able to recognize that trajectory. Does that make sense? That's true. Right. That's true. We can, right, in fact, they've, they've sort of looked to see where it might have come from. And they don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but they do know that it, because of its orbit, uh, right. it seems to have come from somewhere else for sure. Uh, last one, Molliver, M-O-L-I-V-E-R, at Molliver, says, My far-fetched guess is that it is a missed kinetic energy weapon from thousands of years ago. Something like a rod of God, but apocalyptic of apocalyptic size and velocity. 
and then he gives me a link to uh, Wikipedia to uh, kinetic energy weapons. Yes, a kinetic bombardment. Uh, and I have read, there's a number of science fiction stories where basically the idea is that it's a weapon where you're just going to drop a huge, a bunch of heavy things on a planet. Yeah. And uh, Rod of God, uh, that's just, that's such a great thing. And, and it <laughs> almost puts us in the explicit, almost gets us an explicit tag. So it, let's note, though, uh, here's something we've learned about humanity, uh, or at least fans of our show, our audience. Um, we tend toward the apocalyptic militaristic explanations. There was a lot of death and destruction. There were there were uh, no one said maybe that's some maybe it's a rebel ship, and it's the good guys, you know. A couple people. Uh, well, that's true. I think that's because it's you know it's easier to get outraged and shocked by the apocalyptic scenario. That's true. That's right. true. And it's human nature. We need to be prepared. This is why we have survived this long, because we've right. always because assumed yeah. because of podcasts and Twitter where we assume the worst. So, so good. I'm glad that everyone is looking out for us. Okay, now, uh, here's, here's the thing. Here, real science now. One thing I found really incredible about reading this uh, update to the news story is uh, that we actually, you go online, you read the news story, and there's that beautiful painting. It looks like, okay, it's this big rock. It looks like this. It's da -da -da. But in fact... As the article goes to great pains, it's a very good article. Um, uh, goes to great. This is, by the way, on NASA's site. So it's a NASA news update. Um, says mm -hmm. uh, all we actually see is a tiny dot of light. That's it. Yeah. But the light. Uh, one thing. Why do they think it's a long, flat thing? Because the light changes in brightness uh, with some regularity. But it, quite a lot. It gets dim, bright, dim, bright. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, it's got to be rotating. And I guess by the extreme amount of change in light, um, mm -hmm. it could be a spinning flat object. And then here's one thing I learned. We've never seen long, flat, gigantic, basically like an asteroid, a long, flat asteroid. Right. Yeah. Nature does not like long, flat things. Ooh. Um, nature likes... Uh, clumps of stuff. Interesting. Right. Nature likes clumps. Um, yeah. So if you if you take some chunk of material or a cloud of gas or something and just let it be on its own uh, over long periods of time, its own gravity will pull itself into some potato-like shape. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. At, at minimum, um, potato-like shape, if not round yeah. itself. Yeah. So, and the bigger the object, the rounder it will get. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. And the major force that prevents that from happening is if it's got some spin on it, in which case it turns into a disc type shape. Mm -hmm. So, if you think mm -hmm. of, you know, the Milky Way is roughly a disc. Right. Because uh, it has a good spin on it. Um, so, that balance of spin and gravity tends to make things either spheres or disc shapes. And then small things, um, relatively small things like asteroids, hang out in the potato zone <laughs> because their their gravity is not quite strong enough to to crush them uh, right. into a sphere. Right, right. And if you look at look at pictures of um, amazingly in the past decade or or so, we've started to get pictures up close of comets from our visiting satellites, and uh, often they're dumbbell shaped. Uh, or sort of two blobs that are stuck together, maybe, that, that probably maybe hit each other. But it was two potatoes that came together. Uh, so potatoes. Now here we have a long, flat thing. And um, that seems to indicate it must have broken off from something that was larger and probably it's a piece of, it's like a slice of a potato. Um, maybe more like a, a shard, as I think one of our, yeah. our listeners uh, mentioned. Yeah. Um, so if you take a, a rock and hit it with a hammer, um, wear eye protection. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, depending on the kind of rock, uh, if it's something like shale, say, it'll break <laughs> into a number of long, thin pieces. Right. 
Right. Um, so uh, assuming that happens on larger scales too, I think that's a, a reasonable guess for certain kinds of rock. Uh, then if you say, yeah. where did this long, long thin piece of rock come from so a collision is a good guess or just a um, uh, stressful breaking apart so not all potatoes are strong right you can get kind of a weak potato yes where just the, the gravity of a nearby object can be enough to, to break it up into smaller pieces yeah and yet even so long and flat i mean um i would think a the original object must have been really big to have a broken piece that's left. Or when you say shale, for instance, shale is a sedimentary rock, right? Right, yeah. Which is a fascinating so, possibility for this thing. Uh, that's right. There probably, it would be hard to imagine how sedimentary rocks could form out in space. Um, right, unless it's it was not hard on a imagine. planet that blew up or something. Or was destroyed. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's true. Yeah, um, but uh, I think it's um, it's probably just an extreme potato. Would be my guess. I see. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah. And uh, so here's the the breaking part of the news. The reason why it it, it we got news of the object when was it earlier this year, and it, it returned in the news because they've been following it as best they can, and they notice it is speeding up as it leaves the solar system. Yeah. And there's no explanation for that other than uh, if it is a piece of a comet, as seems to be the best guess at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, that there would be uh, comets as they go past the sun uh, release gases and that can mm -hmm. speed them up. The interesting thing is that just like we haven't actually seen the shape of it um, with our own eyes, so to speak, um, w they don't see any gases coming off it. So, again, this is a real guess. Right. Yeah, so we should, we should take a moment and think about, um, I'll see here, how astronomers' brains work. Oh, okay, good. Um, yes. So first off, they need snacks, right? Right. So Absolutely. If, if, if you give an astronomer sufficient snacks, then they will go to astronomy. Right. Or ambient. And, or <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous because you don't want to be walking around on, you know, mountaintop That's telescopes right. with uh, <laughs> right. sorts of drugs. Yeah. Um, so basically what astronomers do is they look for uh, points of light in the sky. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then they watch to see how those points of light change over time. Right. Okay. So some of those points of light don't change much from night to night. Right. Uh, right. So we say, okay, that's really far away. Um, doesn't seem to be moving very much. And then some of those dots of light um, do move from night to night. Right. So then uh, you sit down with that information and hold, you know, you wait for, you know, you try to get, you know, a dozen nights there right. so you see how that point of light has moved um over over the course of say a couple of weeks right. and then you sit down with uh newton's laws of motion right these series of equations right and uh you start with the assumption that things whatever this dot of light is it obeys those laws okay um, so we, we'd say something like we, we fit it to a curve. That is, there are Newton's laws allow for certain kinds of motion through space. Right. Only certain kinds okay. of motion through space. Right. Right. Um, and then we essentially try to match the movement of the spot of light to one of those paths through space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and usually that works pretty well, right? So uh, you, you, the, the, the particular path of motion that you have matched it to, you can then draw on a map of the solar system and you say, oh, okay, this particular path is right in the middle of the asteroid belt. So I'll bet this point of light is an asteroid. Right. Okay. Or you match it to a path that's way out by Pluto. So you say, okay, so I'll bet it's a Kuiper Belt object. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay. mm -hmm. 
and most of the dots of light we find are routine things like that. Right? Right. There's a stream of asteroids and Kuiper Belt objects being discovered in right. this way. Right. Um, but then you get, every now and then, so with Oumuamua, uh, the path that we get doesn't match the asteroid belt or the Kuiper Belt or the Oort cloud uh, or any of the you know planets. You know, it's not a moon or something like that. Yeah. So then we, so then you look at it more closely and you say, all right. So what's the what's the deal with this path of motion? And then when you draw the line on the map of the solar system, you find that it it just goes through. It just zips through the solar system. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you make the conclusion that it comes from somewhere else, right? It's, it's speed and trajectory and motion don't match any of the, the families of things that we're familiar with. Right. So it must be something else. And it, so, and, and we should emphasize it in the entire history of astronomy on earth, no astronomer has ever looked at the path of some light in the sky Mm-hmm. And ever seen anything like this? Like, whoa, this is yep. leaving. It came from outside and it's going to leave. Yep, it's just going to zip through like a tourist. Yeah. <laughs> a tourist who made a point, you know, as time goes on, I've, I've learned to change my tour sightseeing plans when I visit somewhere. I now like to go to one place like Paris and stay there for. An extended period of time, as opposed to in, when I was younger. Yeah, kind of get to know it. Go everywhere. Like, oh, we're going to go real fast. We're going to go to London. Five minutes at each place. Exactly. Yeah. Paris, Berlin. And, and um, so one thing we can say is it's young. It's a young tourist, probably right out of college. And uh, uh, yeah, space college. Sure. Yeah. Space, exactly, space college. Um, maybe a dropout. Probably a dropout because he's a seeker. It, he, he, she, it <laughs> is a seeker. And um so yeah, umumu flying around, and uh, of all, like I said, of of all the uh, suggestions we had, the lidar thing still grabs me, mm-hmm. and we can't get away from the idea that uh, those of us who have no need to be as rational as a scientist, um, we do. There's a part of our lives where we do that, but for an hour a week, we go into a podcast and we let our mind free and <laughs> I th- here's here's what i find interesting and uh which is that what is the possibility that it is an intelligent object Wait, here, here's oh, but, but totally randomly random thought and eh. mm-hmm. uh you mentioned shale and in shale you find fossils often so for instance just an idea that uh, there might be some, who knows what's on this rock? Right. Actually, it could, just like any any object in the solar system, um, you know, there might be something in that. It's such a shame that we we don't have a ship that could just go out there and grab it. Yeah, that's right. So, and the people will ask, "Well, why can't we just send out a ship?" Um, and part of the answer is it's just really far away. Right. It takes us ten, fifteen years to send. Uh, a probe like um, uh, Deep Horizon out to the edge of the solar system. Right. So, uh, so if we started planning such a mission now uh, and then launched it, it will have moved this enormous distance by the time we actually get out there. Right. So, uh, and that said, I don't know off the top of my head what the um, what the velocity is like. So we may not even be able to match that velocity. Right. And the captain of Oumuamua, studied the Earth from a distance and saw that the countries of the world, especially the United States, have such a slow, and having worked at NASA, I know this, have such a slow budgetary approval process that there's no way anyone on Earth is going to get their (laughs) stuff together in time to build something and, and figure out what they are yeah um and i should say uh figuring out how to do rendezvous between objects moving in space uh is a little bit tricky because they are all moving uh so even 
say, if we want to get um, an object from Earth to Mars, like a new rover or something like that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. both Earth and Mars are moving, um, and both are under the gravitational influence of the sun <laughs> as well. So getting an object from Earth to Mars takes a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And depending on how much energy you're willing to spend, you'll get a, you can calculate different trajectories. So generally, uh, we're cheap with energy. That is, we don't want to spend energy because it's, it's expensive. It's hard. Right. Uh, so you have to plan out these elaborate um, uh, trajectories through the solar system right. that steal a little bit of gravitational energy from the moon and a little bit from the earth and kind of wanders around a bit before it gets there. So if you just want to go straight from place to place, that's extremely expensive in energy. Uh, right. So, uh, like if you asked an astronomer, can you calculate a flight path out to Oumuamua? They'd say, sure, it'll just take us a thousand years to get there. Yep because that's the amount of energy we have to spend. So if we actually want to catch the thing, that's that we have to invest an enormous amount of energy into that, which we're almost certainly not willing to do. Right. And just a reminder that when we look at movies in Star Wars and you see they just get in the ship and they just punch it, Chewie, and uh, boom, you know, they drive straight toward you just, it. You do not do that. <laughs> no, no. We, we get to figure out how to do that. Um, so, uh, which makes me think, by the way, I think Oumuamua, another possibility. Interesting, nobody said this. I'm going to go for the good guys. It mm -hmm. could be like a Millennium Falcon or a Battlestar Galactica, who are also good guys, you know. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. And uh, by the way, if it was Battlestar Galactica, they were looking for a place, a home. They were looking for a new home. Mm -hmm. And so if they came by and they used their LIDAR and, and, and other scanning devices to check it out, unlike Battlestar Galactica, where they spent all their time looking for a place called Earth that was in their mythology, and would be the place they could finally land and it would be hospitable to them because they were lost in space. Um, mm. These guys were like, oh, nope. <laughs> that <laughs> We are out of here. Yeah, there's not a single planet here, especially that blue one that looks inviting. We're out. Yeah, so if you're um, an alien civilization and you want to get to know what's going on in other systems, um, the distances between stars are so vast that actually populating a spacecraft like a Battlestar Galactica and sending it out is really not an efficient way to do it. It just takes so long to get from place to place. So much better is the drone idea, yes. which is you build your robotic spacecraft and you fill it with radar and LIDAR and some computers uh, and then send it out on an elaborate path that will take it from solar system to solar system over the course of centuries or millennia. And then every time it scans a new system, it sends the information home uh, and you listen. So you very patiently waiting at home over the course of thousands of years will very slowly get scans of system to system. Um, and while you do that information, is up to you, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Well, you, you, you put it into your Tesla um, you know, database of your self-driving asteroids, mm -hmm. and uh, any work on that. Um, also note that again, it was important that the breaking news was that Oumuamua is speeding up as oh, it right. leaves, yeah. which so means that important... they really yeah. don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the the game I was talking about before, mm -hmm. where you try to match the motion of your point of light to some solution to Newton's equations is kind of only the first step. So once you get this general sense of where it is and how it's moving, then you keep watching it. And as you watch it, you get to refine the trajectory that you have calculated. And if it's, um, if it's just a potato, just a chunk of rock like an asteroid, then uh, the, the trajectory you get will be pretty much the same as the first one you saw, just more and more precise. But as what's happening now is the trajectory we've calculated is changing a little bit from day to day. So that suggests that some force is acting on it. And the, the only objects we're familiar with that have that kind of intrinsic force uh, are comets, right? So right. as comets get close to a star, they heat up um, and the gas and liquid they're made of kind of boils off 
And that boiling off nudges the comet a little bit in terms of its trajectory. Right. And that's important to note that that is actually um, the speeding up, for instance, is this is uh, so. So like like in like any sitcom where during the episode, especially perhaps animated ones or sitcoms where they can really go off into the surreal for one episode. I always refer to The Simpsons, for instance, or Futurama, you might. Um, sure. uh, then, uh, or Columbo, perhaps. Yeah, or, <laughs> or or Quincy, right? Something totally crazy happens. By the end of the episode, they got to wrap it up. Well, that's how they used to do it. Yes, we didn't right. have binge television in the past. So they wrapped it up just in case you tuned in and you've never seen the show before or whatever. These episodes are self-contained. So I'm going to bring it back around. I'm going to lock it up here and say it's... The, the reason the astronomers are not even, interestingly, joking and pub like, it, it's always been interesting to me how restrained scientists are about not wanting to give even a syllable to the idea of this extraterrestrial object or, you know, the super science fiction mm -hmm. fantastical idea. And one yeah. reason we can say that is, as Carl Sagan said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And the other is simply very, very simple, that science is based on evidence. And if you have evidence of anything, that's got to be your first go-to as an explanation. And so they see it speeding up. It went around the sun. Comets, mm -hmm. we, we know of objects that do that. And so even though we know very little about this object, um, we, we can say, well, here is one possibility. Now, we know of objects that do this. Right. Yeah. We, we try to we generally try to explain things in terms of stuff we already understand. Right. Right. Um, and that's so this is a, a flavor of what's sometimes called Occam's razor. Right. The mm -hmm. idea that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's often said to be the idea that you use the simplest explanation. And it's not quite right. Um, it's the p most parsimonious explanation. Ooh. That is, what explanation can we give for this thing? That uh, that requires us to invoke the fewest new weird ideas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, so I'm looking at uh, a two-dimensional surface right now that has your picture on it, mm -hmm. and <laughs> one explanation for that um, is that uh, there's this program called Skype that I've used many times before, and that is drawing the picture on the screen. Another possibility uh, is that there is a small gnome um, who is painting rapidly on a screen <laughs> yes. in front of me, and it just happens to look like you. Yep. That, that is a possible explanation, right? That matches the facts at hand, which is that I see an image of you. Yep. Um, but we would say that's not a very parsimonious explanation mm. because I have to invoke the existence of this fast-painting gnome. Right. And again, we have no evidence for gnomes ever doing that. They do a yeah, lot of things. That is not a thing we've seen before. We've never seen that, so that wouldn't... Yeah. And yet here is the thing we have seen before. So you have something mm -hmm. you have seen before versus something you've never seen before, you got to go with the thing you saw. Yeah, that's right. So it's entirely possible that um, this long, flat object that is changing its trajectory slightly is a battle star that's decelerating or accelerating right. on its way out of the solar system. Um, you can't say that's not the case. Yep. Okay? Um, but instead, because, I don't know, scientists are lazy, right? They want to be parsimonious. <laughs> right. And <laughs> they say, well, what are the things we already have in our toolkit that do fit the weird evidence we have. Right. Um, and it turns out a comet type body from another solar system does match the evidence we have pretty well. So yep. let's stick with that until we get more detailed evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think what, what finds so captivating about this particular object is that there's so many things about it we just don't understand, don't know. And that's yep. right there in the face of the story. I mean, it's like, we don't have any, it's really fascinating. By the way, it's a long, flat, thin object. I mean, it might be Occam's razor. <laughs> Itself flying yeah. through space. <laughs> and that was it, you know? And uh, again, Occam's razor came through this solar system and was like, nope, nope, nope. 
nothing here. And I should say, so that's right. So you mentioned Rendezvous with Rama, yes. uh, which is a classic yeah. Arthur C. Clarke novel, which yeah. starts in precisely this way, mm-hmm. which is object from outside of the solar system comes in. Yep. And, you know, spoilers for a 50-year-old novel, um, essentially nothing happens. That is, we do manage to send a ship to to look at it, right. and they kind of poke around, and it's sort of this interstellar museum, but nothing happens. It just goes on its way. Oh, right. um, Although, interestingly, at one point, it does start to speed up, if I remember correctly. All right, I can't remember. It's possible. Yeah. It's been a long time since it I read it. It fires up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the uh, kinetic weapon yes. theory. This, um, I can't remember which Sarah was who suggested that. Yes. Uh, that reminds me of the Expanse series of novels <laughs> uh-huh. and television show. Right. Um, so these are, I guess, genuine spoilers now. Because <laughs> uh, the, the, the action in that series kicks off with the discovery that... Um, an alien race did try to send a mm-hmm. weapon from another solar system to destroy Earth, ah. but it got caught up, um, uh, and we had mistaken it. It got caught by, I think, Jupiter, uh, the gravity of Jupiter, and we had mistaken it for a moon, but it was actually this terrifying biological weapon that's just been sitting there until humans figured out what it was and, of course, you know, try to kill each other with it. Right. That's right. <laughs> Yes, the, the 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 science fiction literature is is full of quite a few. Uh, there's another book. Um, ooh, I think it's by Greg Egan. Is that correct? Um, Greg, I don't think it's Greg Bear. I'm never good at the, remembering these names. But uh, there's an asteroid again coming by, and then we discover that inside it, so it looks like a rock, but inside mm-hmm. it, it turns out it's a ship. And uh, has an amazing world inside. Um, oh, what is it? Oh, jeez, I really should look that up. Look it up. It's a great book. <laughs> My, <laughs> okay. This is no Oprah book club here. <laughs> We're bad at that. Um, all right. So, so uh, the mystery of Oumuamua continues, as as uh, they say in Close Encounters. Watch the skies. <laughs> uh, yes, for a tiny little, you know, three four pixels of light. And then start calculating. Yeah, yeah, start calculating. Uh, big shout out, big thank you to uh, all these folks who contributed to this lively discussion we had on Twitter uh, yesterday. Um, Jay Wilkinson, uh, Matthew Brown, Luis E. Rodriguez, um, Tawny, and others. Uni- oh, there it is. Unique toy box plans. How could I forget? Um, <laughs> and uh, I should say, is there a generic toy box plans out there too? I mean, yeah. If, if we need to set <laughs> this person apart, right. that's right. You need, yeah, he's like, I need to, I need to, I need to carve out a space for myself. Let people know that I'm not like any other toy box plans. Um, the winner, the the winner, uh, like I said, with the lidar idea, uh, I found absolutely uh, fascinating. And uh, they are going to get... That was uh, Tawny. And I'm going to get in touch with you, Tawny, and uh, send you a puppet from a very fun organization called the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. Uh, You know, there may have been unemployed philosophers on Oumuamua. That could have been it, too. They're the tourists. Oh, that's true. We lost our job. We're just going to go tour the universe. Some solar system full of unemployed philosophers, and they're like, all right, let's just stick them on a ship. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> right. They were they were out, but probably AI came around and the AI could take care of all philosophy. And so suddenly unemployed philosophers. Uh, they have a website, philosophersguild.com. They're a wonderful company. They make smart, funny gifts for smart, funny people like all of us. And uh, like I said, philosophersguild.com. Go look at their gifts. And so Tony will be receiving a wonderful uh, finger puppet of a particular um, scientist or science fiction character. Um, so watch for that. Tony will be in touch. The show is called What the If. Our on Twitter, What the If Show, at What the If Show. Uh, we have a website, whattheif.com. Go there. You can listen to all our episodes. Uh, by the way, each one of them has wonderful cover art. Um, oh, yes. Each of which I spend an inordinate amount of time um searching Google images and, and slapping our logo on it. So <laughs> enjoy those. Very colorful. Whattheif.com. You can contact us there. You can learn about us um, if you want, if you really need to know. Um, 
Again, as you read our each of our bios, use Occam's razor to decide whether this is actually possible. Could they really have done such a thing? And um, uh, yeah, shoot us a note. Uh, you can email us at feedback at whattheif.com. And uh, please, uh, I've slacked off on, on asking you, but if you have been listening to the show or you just finished listening to this episode and you're like, that was pretty cool. Um, you can help us grow our audience of ifers. The more people we have, the better, smarter, already a very smart group. Um, we can only get better. Um, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Five stars. Much appreciated. Uh, five shards, whatever you want to use. <laughs> you know, we'll take five shards. And uh, But it really it helps. Um, uh, iTunes has a has a lock on all these things, I guess. So um, do that. Also, and whatever service you're using, whatever podcast service you're using, um, Google Play, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, uh, leave a review there. If it's and Not all of them actually allow you to do that. It's another reason I think iTunes is good. You can, can actually leave reviews there. But whatever you can do, uh, retweet about us, whatever. The important thing is that you do what we all do when we think of something outside the box but then we need to rein it in and in doing yep. so we learn real science and when these strange ideas come to us when we see strange lights in the sky moving in the wrong direction we have to shout and next week who knows what we're saying there are things by the way all we can say is right now uh, there are things moving there are things happening in the world around you and in the universe around you that are unexplained or mysterious and need scientific investigation and so when we think of those we will all have to look at them and together in unison all 13,000 of us out there and more will shout together come back what? Oumuamua <laughs> <laughs> and the people on Oumuamua will say what? What? The, the if, 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 if. Find out.